thank you for doing that. Thank you for loving our kids that way and um, loving some kids that aren't part of our, our church family. It was really good to see that. So our Bible point was, Jesus will always love you. And then response of that is? Cool. cool. So if you hear that, that's what that is. And then our key Bible verse was, I will trust in your unfailing love, which we have motions, and I always mess them up. So anyone else wants to do it, you can. But I trust in your unfailing love, which is Psalm 13:5. So on Friday night, I'm just going to kind of recap what we did, and hopefully, if you weren't there, um, hopefully us adults, we can still get things out of this because the gospel is important for us when we're little and it's important for us when we're adults. So on Friday night, we learned we are loved and we can always trust in his never-ending love. And like Jen and um, Janine introduced the skit, we have a skit of a scientist who is all by herself in the, in the Arctic. We had penguins and polar bears, so we weren't sure if it was North or South Pole, but we were somewhere cold where it was both. And um, introduced us to this character who is all by her, well, is with other people, but really just didn't feel like she was in a place where she was loved and also did some things or had some rough times where she wasn't, she didn't feel loved by the circumstances around her. And she was introduced to Jesus who could love her through all that. And our Bible story that night was based on the story from Luke 18. And it was about Jesus and children. Can anybody kind of give like a quick recap of what that was? Do you remember? Any kids want to be brave? What was our Bible? What was our Bible story on Friday night about Jesus and kids? Do you remember? A bunch of our kids went downstairs to help with the water balloon fight. So, I'll give you now. So, people. This is the Bible verse. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, "Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these." So we talked about if there's a famous person and um, you want to talk to that famous person, you can't just go up to their house and say, hey, you want to hang out and have coffee? Or you can't ask them to play or you can't go up to them on stage when they're in a concert, that they have bodyguards people keeping, um, keeping them safe, right, from those around us. But then Jesus, who's the savior of the world, who's becoming more popular as he's talking more and performing miracles and Parents wanted to wanted their kids to go up to him and to spend time with them. And those kids, I imagine those kids just running up to him and wanting to just be with him and hang out with him. But the disciples were the bodyguards, right? They were like, no, 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 don't go up to him. He's got too much to do. You're going to be a bother. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, no, do not hinder them. Let them come to me. Why did Jesus want to be with those kids? Because he loved them, right? And he loved them and he made them uniquely, right? Each of them was special. Jesus will always love you. Cool. And as I think about the story as an adult, the first thing I think about is that it's not natural for kids to just run up to somebody that they don't know, right? If they don't know them and trust them. Um, who are the people in your life that you would just run up to and just give them a hug? No doubt. You wouldn't hesitate. Go ahead. Yeah, your mom and dad. Yep. Yeah. No, I don't need a hug right now. I love, I love a hug. But not right now. So what was it about Jesus that made him, that these kids wanted to go and be with him? What do you think? Anybody can answer. 
We're still dialoguing. You don't get out of it today. Anybody want to answer? Jay did help me. They trusted him. Yeah, they're a good judge of character. They trusted him. Yeah. And I just picture, every once in a while, there are a few people that I've met in my life that have this relationship with my kids who they just want to talk to them and they just want to be with them. And you can see that there's just something from them. And I just imagine that like to the 10th degree with Jesus. And I think about what keeps us from running to him. Right, So there are all these adults around Jesus. Some of them wanted to be with him and some didn't. Some wanted to just ask questions and question everything he was doing. Some just believed and knew he was the Savior. But today, in our lives, what keeps us from just running to Jesus? Yeah, we think we can do it all ourselves. Fear. Fear, yep. Yep, doubt. Societal norms, yep. Shame. Yeah. I was thinking about that with me and this week. um, Like to think of a specific example, I'm like, I know it's there. What is it? And I was thinking. And so this week, I've just been having a rough like week or two. It was hard when Jay was gone and um, in, in Haiti and I had a couple of rough days. And so... And I was thinking about that. Like, what keeps me from running to Jesus when I'm, like, at the lowest of my low? And for me, it was similar in that I thought that I could do it myself, that I know Jesus. I pray. I talk to him throughout the day. But what is it that, like, what do I not do? And what God has taught me this week is that I need to be in his word more. I need to hear what he says. I think that I know what he's saying to me. But I think for me, I need to be more regular about being in his word every day. Whether or not what I'm reading applies to what I'm feeling, God will honor it, and God, and it's just a way for me to know my Savior, right? And to hear his words and hear, to hear exactly what he spoke to others. Because I can't experience God's freedom without spending that regular time with him and hearing from him and just knowing how he speaks and, and what he says. Um, so we close the night on Friday night with the reminder that each of us is special and unique. So we use this cool thing, which I was amazed, these magic cubes that feel almost like jello. So each of the kids got one of these, just this clear thing, and each one of them had to say what is one thing that makes them unique. It makes them special, right? So what's one thing you guys remember that you said that makes you unique? anyone want to shout out what they said? You said what? Your garden. Yeah, that you like to do that. Yep. So we all had different things, right? And so we all took our, our cubes and we put them in a pitcher. And so that rec- represented each of us, that God made each of us specifically and uniquely. And we put them in here. And then we also talked about the fact that throughout our days, we forget that we're unique and we forget that God made us and specifically loves us and other things get into our thoughts. So we might feel like we got made fun of. We might feel like we failed at something. We might just not um, be happy with what we have to do and we forget that we're so loved. And so water represented that. So we poured that in here. 
And if you can see, those special things seem to disappear, right? So we forgot what it is that makes us special and loved. But did those things really go away? Can anything take that away? No. So if you, we went back in here, and they're still here, right? So it was a good visual reminder for the kids that nothing can take that away, that God's uniquely made each of them, that they all have their, we'll say, their identity in Jesus, and nothing, good or bad, can take that away. So that was a fun reminder of that. On Saturday night, we talked about sin and its separation, how it separates us from God, but that God had to make a way to wipe away those sins and to make it right so that we could be with him. And we used the analogy, of course, with the polar blast of snow and how snow can cover a landscape and fix all the imperfections and it all looks perfect. And our Bible story, story that night was based on the gospel account of Jesus being arrested and tried and hung on the cross and how he was becoming this really popular guy for good and bad reasons, right? So everybody was starting to hear about Jesus and his miracles, and people were making judgments as to whether he was truly who he said he was. Was he really sent from God, or was he someone that was coming and taking people away from from Judaism and, and a different path that was not of God? So... Um, and also, they talked about how he could have fought back. So, you know, when Jesus was arrested in the garden, the disciples fought back. The disciple, one of the disciples hurt one of the guards and cut his ear off. And instead of Jesus running or fighting back or calling an army of angels, he just quietly allowed it to happen and even healed the soldier's ear that was, that was cut off. So, he was... Um, he was able to take the punishment and die for a sin, for sin of mankind that he never committed. But why did he have to do that? Why did he choose to do that? Because he, he loves us. It's always a good answer. Yes. Because he loves us and wants to be with us, right? So would we ever willingly take the blame for someone else's wrongdoing? And the kids got to talk about that too. You know, if your if your brother or sister did something, would you take the blame and the punishment? Would you take, you know, say they broke a lamp? Would you be grounded for two weeks and say it was you, and not even say anything, but just be, take the punishment? That would be something that would be really hard, I think, for any of us to do. So, how does it make you feel that Jesus did that for us? Happy, yeah. Good thing you're here, Vera. <laughs> Don't leave me. <laughs> so we close the night that night with the imagery using glow sticks and that Jesus is the light, that his light shined reflecting who God is during his time here on earth. But then when he died for three days, that light went out, right? So we covered up our glow sticks and, the, and it was dark. But on the third day when Jesus was raised from the dead and everything was fulfilled, that light shined again and would never be able to put out, be put out. So thinking back to the story of Jesus and his children, with what we know now of the children and coming to him, um, and what we know now what happened at the end of his life, right, and what he did for us, we can see that, that Jesus moved the thing that stood between us and him. So I can imagine Jesus sitting there and kids wanting to come to him and people getting in the way of that. I can imagine that he would fight back, right? And I can 
there's one of those moments where I think about myself trying to get to Jesus and something standing in the way, and I can picture him being the strong savior that he is, just moving whatever that is. And then you realize when he died on the cross that he did move that, right? Forever, there will not be nothing that stands between us and him. And when there is, in our minds, he can move it. He is bigger, right? So that is forever. Um, we will forever be with him. So we talked about what should we do with this really good news. So the kids were reminded every night that this is really good news and that we can share that with the people around us. And God asks us to. And there's friends around us that need to know who Jesus is. And there's people around us who are hard to love and they need to know it too. So we don't get to just pick the kid, the, the people that we love and the people that we like to share Jesus with. But we need to do that with everyone because everyone needs to do it and we can follow Jesus' lead in that. And as the Holy Spirit understands our, grows our understanding of this knowledge, it's going to be natural for us to share with the people around us, right? So um, last night we tried to close with the fire pit. They did get a fire started, but not before or not um, without making some hornets angry because there was a nest in the fire pit that was not known. So John and whoever else was out there was brave, and they actually did get the fire going, um, but the a fire pit reminds me of Sophia. I know that there are times when, like, I drive home and I get out of the the car and I smell somebody has a fire pit, and I love that smell, um, and I want to go find it and hang out with those people. But I've never done that, but I should. But um, there's a there's a certain smell about the fire pits that it, it might bring memories back to you or make you think of certain things. For me, it makes me think of like just hanging out with with friends or people that we love and just relaxing and also just making s'mores with the kids and having everybody running around and there's something about it even last night there was a, the fire pit was going and some of us went out there and the kids were just so happy just running all around so it made me think of um this verse about us being an aroma so if you've ever thought of yourself of having kind of a sort a certain smell of sorts and you might as a parent you might think of that with kids i think our kids have a certain smell or their bedroom or something in a good way i don't have teenagers yet so i'm sure that will change but at this point a lot of times maybe right after a bath they have that certain sweet smell so yeah Second Corinthians two fourteen through 16 says that God uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. So in the Old Testament, before Jesus came on the scene, sin was atoned for by um, certain things, right? Like sacrifice of animals. Uh, there are certain lots of rules with the, um, with the temple and um, with the altars and um, incense burning and all these things were were noted to be pleasing aromas to God because they represented the people's prayers they represented repentance um, and it's one of those things I've read in the Old Testament and I was always like that's weird like why does what's the aroma of these things and why is it pleasing to God but as I was reading about it it makes sense that those things it wasn't the things burning themselves it was the what they represented for God and so those were pleasing to him but when Jesus came on the scene and lived his life and died for us and was risen from the dead and conquered death everything changed 
Thankfully, we don't need to do all those things anymore. And instead of those things becoming pleasing aromas to God, now we are pleasing aromas to God. And so God uses us to spread that to those around us. And also, just because when he looks at us, he sees Jesus and his completed work, we are pleasing aromas now. Which is also great because it doesn't mean we're pleasing aromas when we die and we are made new. We're made new now. And what Jesus has done is already done. So right now we are spotless in his eyes. So a lot of times it's us, right, that puts on the the smudge marks and the dirt. But it's not there when God looks at us. So um, I just picture God looking at us and smiling like a parent looks at their child with that in those sweet moments when everything else falls away and you just um, just wholeheartedly adore your kids. So, um, so Jesus will always love you. Cool. cool. And so I will trust in your unfailing love. So this morning we're doing things a little differently in, in regards to our response. Um, we're going to have stations up here to remind us of things that we talked about. So over here, I can walk with this. Over here are some light sticks. Um, so, so feel free to come up if you're. All these things are like reflective of maybe something that you might be um, might be speaking to you right now that God might be reminding you of. So, with the light sticks, it's being reminded that Jesus is the light; that His light will never go out. Um, so, you can take one of those and break it to make it shine. Over here is, and I'll take that off in a second, is um, some lotion. So if you want to think about the fact that you are a sweet aroma to God and be reminded that he doesn't look at you and judge you and he doesn't look at you with anger or disappointment, you are sweet to him. So um, there's lotion there that you can put on your hands just to remember that throughout the day as you smell that, that you're sweet to him. And then I'm going to keep this station up here. Um, if you want to come up and just, you can feel free to pick up one of these and think about something that makes you special and unique, some way that God has put something in you that is just you, right? But the, God doesn't tell us these things to make us feel great about ourselves and end there, right? He, gives, he tells us these things to remind us that he's lovingly made us, that he adores us right now, and that we can use these things for his glory. So you can um, then drop it in the water and see that it disappears, seemingly, um, but be reminded that those things will never go away, that because of who we are in Jesus, that Jesus died and was risen and that is completed, that those things can never be taken from you. So no matter what your identity, when your identity is in Jesus and what he has done for you, that identity can never be taken away. So you are always his child. You're always um, part of the family. And no one can take that right from you. So that's here. So feel free to come up um, by yourself. Feel free to come up with your kids. Feel free to come up with someone in your community, someone you're sitting with. And think of those things. You can pray. You can pray together. Um, so just to be reminded. We're also going to respond um, through music. And we're also going to re- respond through our offering. Um, so if you're a guest with us, please, this is something we ask, um, something that's for the family. So no need to, um, you can let the ba- baskets pass you. 
And um, we're just really glad to have you here this morning. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll just um, we'll take the offering. And then once the ushers are finished with that, feel free to come on up. We're, we're going to keep the music kind of light so that you can do that and, and um, so you can think. Dear Jesus, thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for this weekend and each of the hearts that were in this room, God, throughout this building. Thank you for their excitement and their joy. Thank you for the community that they have, God, and I pray that these things would penetrate their hearts in some way. That they would know that this wasn't just about having fun and making crafts and eating fun things, but this was about learning about you together. And um, just pray that those things would be meaningful to them and that they would remember them. Thank you for this morning that we can reflect on these things as well. Please help us to remember always that we are part of your family and that we are a sweet aroma to you and that you just want us to be with you and you want to be with us. So please give us the desire to run to you. God, I pray those things that keep us from doing that would be made clear to us, would be made known. So that we can ask you to help us to push those things aside because we know that you can and that you are able and that you are more than enough. Thank you, Jesus, for this community. Thank you for this family. Please help us to remind each other of these things as well. And God, I pray for our offering, that we would use all of our gifts toward um, your will and, and what your plan is for this church family. Please help us to be wise in our decisions. And um, thank you for this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.